0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of Free Thinking Finance, sponsored by Free2. In each episode, chartered financial planners Nick Bamford and Shelley McCarthy from Informed Choice share their views on the options when it comes to managing finance for over 55s. Please note, this podcast provides general guidance and not financial advice. Before acting upon anything raised in this podcast, you should speak to a financial advisor If anything raised in this podcast means you need advice. Free Thinking Finance is sponsored by Free2, and all opinions expressed are those of Nick and Shelley. Now, here's what you need to know about managing your money when you reach 55 and over. Nick, Shelley, take it away.
1: So, in this episode, we're going to look at my pension. We've got to be careful here because there is a lot of jargon in pensions. So, we'll um, try and do our best to make it a bit more interesting.
2: Yeah, I agree with that entirely. I think um, I think one of our challenges is that there is just so much to cover, and we want to kind of get this into bite-sized chunks that are going to be meaningful for the listener. So why don't we just hit the headlines and say that, you know, if you need to find out more about the pension arrangements that you've got, this may well be one of those key areas where you need to employ an advisor, where you need to find somebody who's going to help you through this minefield. But let's, let's go for the basics. So what what do we need to tell listeners about?
1: Well, I think we've touched on it a little bit in the um, previous episode when we looked at sort of how do you see your life is, you know, retirement is not necessarily such a defined point in time now. Um, A lot of people may continue to work, they may work part-time, they may do something that's more of a sort of hobby stroke business, all of those sorts of things. So actually, you may not want to take all of your benefits from a pension at one time, you may want to phase that. So it's it's just understanding what options you have in relation to stopping work and and taking money from your pension.
2: Should we break it down into um, talking about the way in which you can take benefits if you've got a private or personal arrangement? And and the difference between that maybe and how you would take the benefits if you were coming out of an employer scheme, such as a final salary or a, or a career average scheme? Because the rules are different. And I think this is part of the problem, that the rules are so different, they confuse people. I think most people who are listening to this, Shelley, are likely to have personal pensions. So if we talked a bit about the options they've got there, I mean, one of which, of course, is that you might be, if you do continue working, you might be in a position where you decide to defer taking any benefits uh, from your pension pot. And and, and we see that quite a bit. But the other thing about flexible personal pensions these days is you'll be able to take your entitlement to the tax-free cash lump sum, the much beloved tax-free cash lump sum, without necessarily having to do anything else with the rest of the pension pot other than leave it to be invested for the future. So somebody who's got a capital project, paying off a mortgage, putting in that new kitchen, buying a new car, whatever it is, might well consider, if they don't have any other sources of capital, taking their tax-free cash and then leaving the balance of their pension fund to continue into the future.
1: Yeah. And effectively, by doing that, you would be moving yourself into what is called a flexible drawdown plan. So you've taken your tax-free cash and the remainder of it in the future will be used to provide an income of some description.
2: And we've seen people use that very successfully. So rather than having a fixed, guaranteed income for the rest of their lives, they use the balance of that personal pension to draw income from it um, and that income as as we're agreeing as a is a flexible amount. You can you can draw very little or you can draw quite substantial amounts. In the latter case you have to be a bit careful about the tax yeah. position.
1: Yes. I think you know you now since the introduction of pension freedoms, you can draw any amount from a pension that you want, um, but anything above that twenty five percent will be subject to to tax at your um, marginal rate. Um, there's also things to consider. You know, you can still purchase an annuity, and many of you may have already done that, um, where you give up part of your pot for a guaranteed income for life. And if I
2: can come back to the other alternative we mentioned, which is the flexible access drawdown, of course, that should come with a whole load of warnings about what might happen in the future. One of the concerns that we have all the time is um, people accessing too much too soon. And then because the pension pot remains invested in in a difficult investment market, they could end up in a horrendous position, potentially, of not having any money left in that pot whatsoever when they need it. As well as the flexibility, which yep. is beneficial, there's also the, the risk warnings that we need to make very clear about um, not not running out of money in the future.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I like to say to a lot of my clients that effectively, once you hit 55 is likely to go up at some point, but at the moment it's fifty-five. Your pension pot, that money purchase pension pot, becomes just like any other investment now. Um you can access that. It, it's just a pot of money. And really retirement in general is just about building sufficient assets to generate an income in the future. And your pension post fifty five is just another pot of money. The tax rate changes, but it's it's there and it can be used to generate an income. We
2: use that word annuity. And I think, again, that's another piece of jargon as far as most people are concerned. So perhaps we should describe exactly what that is. We've mentioned taking the 25% of your pension pot as tax-free cash. So the balance of it, in, in the case of buying an annuity, is handed over to an annuity provider. And the contract then becomes one of that annuity provider will pay you a guaranteed level of income typically for as long as you live. And depending upon the type of annuity you buy for for the lifetime, also of a surviving spouse or partner, and that, and that needs to be contrasted with the flexible access drawdown, where of course you don't have those guarantees. I think annuities have had a bit of a bad press in in the recent decades because interest rates have been so low. And annuity rates are a reflection in many respects of interest rates. But there is still that underlying guarantee. And it could well be that somebody uses part of their pension pot to buy an annuity to pay those fixed costs that they have. And then has more flexibility with the balance of their of their pension part.
1: And the other thing to remember is that you can build in those additional protections. So like you mentioned there, you can build in a spouse's or partner's pension. You can also build in a guarantee period. So it continues to be paid for five, ten years, um, regardless of when you... If you if you were to die within that period um, so there are protections that you can build in but the more things you add to that annuity the lower the initial level of income
2: and I think that's uh, that's an important point to to make to listeners because whether you choose to have an annuity guaranteeing you an income or taking money from your pension pot through drawdown one of the key factors you need to consider is longevity. And, and again, you and I from experience know that a lot of people tend to underestimate how long it is they are likely to live. So it's trying to find the right mix yeah. of how you take the benefits to marry those up to your expectation of, uh, of life in the future.
1: Absolutely. Another thing to consider um, that people sort of often forget or sort of think it's only a minor part of is, is your state pension income. You know, that's about £9,000 a year for a full basic state pension.
2: Well, as somebody who um, I can I can tell listeners uh, reaches his state pension age next year, I'm very much looking forward to it. I've had a bit of a fear for some time that um, state pension age just gets, keeps getting pushed into the future, and that before I reach state pension age next year, the government is going to come along and increase it again. So I keep missing out on it, so to speak. But, but at the moment, fingers crossed. State pension benefits, as you say, are an important bedrock of most people's retirement. So, uh, yeah, find out as soon as you can what your anticipated state pension benefits are going to be, because they'll be a very important part of your income. Um, in retirement.
1: And that's very easy to do online now. You can just go to the government website, you put in your details to your Gateway account, and you can get an immediate forecast of what your pension will be. And also, if you've got years missing, how you can make those payments if needed.
0: Free Thinking Finance, sponsored by Free2.
2: Shelley, so far, you and I have been talking about private pension arrangements in the May. Yes, we've touched on state pension benefits as well. Of course, some of the listeners might be entitled to uh, a guaranteed pension that they've accumulated over time from an ex-employer's pension scheme. Uh, and these things are often called final salary or defined benefits. The rules about taking those benefits are different to the rules about taking benefits from personal pensions. Um, but typically, if you've got a defined benefit, final salary, pension arrangement. You know, you're going to keep that because of the underlying guarantees of income in retirement that it offers
1: although you you can look at transferring that but if it's if the pension fund is more than 30,000 pounds then you must seek regulated financial advice you can also defer your state pension um, so that's another thing to to consider it's part of this when we're saying when you're going to access your income the state pension is another bit of that that you can defer or can choose to take
2: Pensions are complicated. There is a lot more detail about your own arrangements you will have to find out about. But one thing I can direct you to is the guide that's been written by Free2 for the over 55s, where we've written a lot more about this particular subject.
1: Please do take an interest in your pensions. I know that they sound boring, but you know this is going to form an important part of your income in retirement and it's it's vital that you understand the level of income that that can generate uh, the options that you have for generating that income and and also capital sums from that
0: thank you for listening to this episode of free thinking finance sponsored by free2 we hope you found the subjects covered useful and interesting free2 is a new free thinking financial services brand that's dedicated to providing relevant products for over 55s Visit us at free2.com to find out more. Please note that Free2 Limited trading as Free2 is an appointed representative of RS Consumer Finance Limited, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. Free2 is a credit broker, not a lender, and will only offer loans from RSCF. An offer of credit is subject to status and affordability. For further information, please visit free2.com.